Welcome to the Digital Thought Leader Podcast. We help coaches, professional speakers, authors, and thought leaders elevate their online presence so that they can attract their ideal client. We give you the resources, tips, motivations, and success stories to help you step out of your comfort zone and share your God-given talents with the world. I'm your host, Kimberly Inez Mays. Now let's get it started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Thought Leader Podcast. I'm excited for this episode. I am speaking with Elizabeth Elizabeth Pampalone about her business, and it's going to be a real treat in this episode because she is an accomplished speaker, and she is going to aspire, inspire you to success. So Elizabeth Pampalone is an engaging speaker, successful entrepreneur, master networker, and trusted business advisor with over 20 years of experience, all meticulously scripted to equip business visionaries to achieve success through the power of absolute marketing. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So that was quite a, quite a lot. And I have so many questions to unpack from your bio, but tell me, what is it that you do? So I own an agency where we help small business owners and nonprofits to create all of their marketing in less than a week for a whole year. Wow. That's awesome. So you mean tell me if they go to you, then you do all their marketing and what does that entail? Mm -hmm. It includes a, it's a five day system called Mm -hmm. absolute marketing. And we start with branding in a day, website in a day, social media in a day, which Mm -hmm. is 12 months of social media posts in one day, 12 months of blogging in a day and 12 months of email marketing in a day. Wow. That's, that's actually incredible too. Cause I know (laughs) that we do this kind of a similar thing. So I'm really excited to have kind of a sister in business who's doing the same thing, because like I said before at our previous conversation, that just because you have somebody doing something similar, doesn't take anything away from you. So I'm excited to hear Elizabeth's process and how she helps her clients and also just some of the things that she offers to really unpack what all of that means. And just let us know, like, how do you, how do you do that? And how do you establish branding in a week? So yeah, the branding is done the first day. Um, uh-huh. We really start with the name because a lot of people will come to me and maybe their name is they've been, you know, 10 years, that same name, uh-huh. same brand. Um, and maybe we'll touch the name and maybe we'll mess with it and change it or adjust it. And maybe we won't. Um, some clients just have good names for their companies and we can work with that. Other clients, maybe they've changed and evolved over the years, or maybe they're just starting out and they just don't, they wanted to name their company something like Axios or, you know, it's like okay, <laughs> a cluttering company. Like that doesn't make sense, you know? So we try to make sure we get that foundational piece in because that name is going to be super important for everything mm-hmm. they do going forward. And then we do color psychology, font psychology, um, and we work with, uh, we create the logo. And then after lunch, <laughs> we uh, start in on the ebook and we create like a 10 page ebook that they can put on their website. Mm-hmm. For free. Awesome. So if you start with the name, are these brand new um, business owners that don't have a business yet? Or are these people who are already established and looking to rebrand? It's a big, a mix of both. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll start with people who say, I think this is what I want my name to be, or Mm -hmm. I I bought a domain for this name just because it was the only one available. And we'll really scrutinize that to make sure that it's the right name for them. Even Mm -hmm. if the domain isn't available, sometimes that's almost secondary because this name is going to be going beyond the domain. It's going to go, you know, into other places. So um, one company that came to me, she wanted to do a communications firm. 
and that was her, her business. She was brand new. She'd never done this before. She wanted this name that had this enigmatic feel that had not a corporate feel, but still showed that she had expertise and was sort of corporate. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So what we ended up doing was we we actually went to uh, Greek words Mm -hmm. and the Greek word and and her name is um, telos, Mm -hmm. which means to communicate. And so when we created her name for her, her domain name, we were throwing back and forth names and, and how do we could get this in there? Cause telos.com was already taken. Cause it was mm-hmm. a company that already exists, but hers was going to be telos communications and telos.com and telos communications was too long. And what we ended up coming up with was D O T E L O S.com, mm-hmm. which is do telos, mm-hmm. which sounds like do tell us, oh. like, talk to us. Yeah. So she was super happy with it. Um, and it just kind of all came together. So that name, even though we, we might be creating it for a new company, we're also working with that domain name to find out what we can do to create that together. But they don't always have to be exactly the same and they don't mm-hmm. always have to be a dot .com or, you know, things like that. So we really start with that foundation of just the name first so mm-hmm. that has a solid foundation to, to work with for, the, for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Because I get a lot of clients who are really stressing about the domain name and they're saying, oh, it's taken. Now I have to change my business name. And, you know, they don't know about the little variations you can do. So I think that was Mm -hmm. really clever about the do just in front of do telos because it's something she definitely wouldn't have thought of. I probably wouldn't have thought of that, too. And what's your opinion on um, domains other than .com or .net? Because I know that a lot of them are coming up now. I know there's a .coach and a .anything mm-hmm. you could think of, really. You know? I had a .academy for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I had a company called Simplified Academy. And of course, those names were all taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used um, Simplified.academy. And mm-hmm. it worked out really well. Um, and people got it. They didn't, it wasn't, you know, hard for them to understand. Um, and uh, actually, many years ago, when those .other, like those .other mm-hmm. Came out, I had a client that um, About Face Aesthetics was her company name. Mm-hmm. And About Face was just taken everywhere. I mean, it was, there was nowhere else you could get it. It was just all the dot coms, the dot orgs, everything was taken. Mm-hmm. And it came up and she said, Well, I'm the face guru. That's what I do. I'm the face guru. She kept saying that. And I found out that they had just released dot guru. Mm. And so we did About Face dot guru and she has that to this day. So it was really interesting that we just, I mean, we just used it. And she said, I'm the about face dot guru. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, yeah. And they, and it didn't matter that it wasn't a dot com. So yeah. um, I, I feel like if there's an opportunity to use it, then, then do that. But if, if you can get the dot com or the dot net, it just makes it easy when you're explaining it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't, I don't feel like it really matters in the long, long-term things. Yeah. Cause I changed my opinion on that too. Before I was like, no, it has to be a dot com or dot net. But as these new domains keep coming out, I have a dot M E and yeah. I have mm-hmm. a dot life for something else. So it's actually really interesting that the combinations you can do. So yeah, to, to your point to the business name, getting that first and then yeah. domains, you could just work that out, you know, as, as needed too. Amazing. And you say that that's all before, well, a lot of that was all before lunch. It sounds like that's yeah. a day's work. <laughs> yeah. I, I do keep them on a timetable. Um, mm-hmm. and I, we might, I've had clients where we finished before lunch, you know, for their, their dom, you know, their domain and getting their name and their logo and all that. And then I have other clients that have gone to like 3 PM and they still haven't made a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, you're eating into our ebook time, you know, and I had one client, she's like, I don't even want the ebook. I just want this to be right. 
Yeah. I just want it to be like the thing I need. And so I was like, that's great. We will keep working on this until it's right then until you feel comfortable. And I know that it's going to work for you. Um, so, you know, it just depends on what the day ends up looking like, but yeah, it's, it's, I try to keep them on a timetable and I really do follow the Parkinson's law, um, aspect of, of what I, how I structure the days, because the Parkinson's law says that if you give a task an amount of time, it will take that amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you give yourself two days to empty the dishwasher, it will take you two days. to do. (laughs) Um, but if you give yourself an eight hour day to complete a branding project in or a website Mm -hmm. in, it'll take an eight hour day. Yeah, it it definitely will. And I think, you know, I think hearing that is important because I think a lot of business owners, they come to us, you know, with a need and, you know, they don't understand Mm -hmm. it. There's their part, their role in it too, that, you know, you have to be able to devote a little bit of time into anything that you invest in, you know. And uh, what I wanted to ask too is what do they need to be prepared when they start working with you? My favorite thing, nothing. Okay. Awesome. I, I don't prepare for it mm-hmm. and neither do they. And the, and the reason I do that is because I don't want to have any preconceived ideas about what I think it should be. I mm-hmm. want us to collaborate when we get there. Um, sometimes people will say, well, I have to prepare something like they're just that type of personality. Mm-hmm. They have to. And so I give people a checklist at the top of the checklist. It says you can do this or you don't have to. Like, mm-hmm. This is not something to put pressure on you. This is to say, if you have some of these items, bring them with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have these items. We will figure it out. Yeah. Um, I've had people come with literally not even bring their own computer to the mm-hmm. day. Um, and we've made it work. Uh, those aren't ideal days, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they work either way. Um, I've had people bring bios and, you know, like, I mean, just like pages and pages and notebooks and, you know, and we barely use any of it because I've taken them in the direction they needed to go rather than the, mm-hmm. this little pool they've been swimming in trying to figure it out. So, um, I, I actually love that we don't have to do a ton of prep and I know it might sound crazy to all the, the planners out there, but I'm a definitely a planner. And, and this has been so freeing for me to just say, here's your contract. Here's your invoice. Here's a small checklist. Don't worry about it. And we just show up on the day and we get everything done. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's, that sounds really, really great too. Cause I know about the pages of notes too. And sometimes over planning can really slow you down. And plus they're coming to you for your expertise. So anything they might've come up with prior is probably, like you said, not the direction that they really should be going in. So I love that because I think that is really freeing too, that, you know, you could put your trust into somebody and they can deliver a service for you. And I have a question for you. So you said that they, sometimes they don't come with computers. Do you deliver this in virtually or do you deliver this in person too? Always in person. Um, I've done virtual before and Mm -hmm. it's not the same. I don't get the Mm -hmm. same interaction. I don't get the same, um, you know, reaction to Mm -hmm. certain things. I can't see the body language as well. Um, Even if you're on video, it's hard to see. Um, Maybe they're like tapping their foot, you know, Mm -hmm. on the floor. Like those kinds of things can really tell me. And so they go, yeah, I mean, it's like I'll show them a logo and they'll go, yeah, it's okay. But they're like tapping their foot so furiously. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, tell me why you don't like it. And they'll go, well, what do you mean? I didn't say that. Yes, I know you didn't say that, but I know (laughs) what about it is bothering you, you know? Um, and they'll go, okay, well this and this and this, and they'll, they'll open up. And so it's just those, those slight nonverbal cues, um, having someone get frustrated through the process that happens a lot. Um, and I 
can kind of help calm that down. I can say, okay, we're going to get up. We're going to do 10 jumping jacks right now. Like depending on the person, like there's always something that I can do to break up that, you know, you're going to, okay, I want you to take a lap. We have our building. It has this hallway that basically is a loop. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, go take you need a lap, you know? And so it just depends on the person, but I can always, you know, fix that situation or help them calm down or help them get more excited or whatever it is that they mm-hmm. need at that moment um, when we're in person. So it just makes a lot of difference to be in person. Yeah. That's amazing too. Cause I, I know that right now we can't really meet in person. It's a little bit difficult. So what if somebody wanted to work with you right now, what are the things that you're doing to run your business during the COVID pandemic? So we actually are still open. Um, Mm -hmm. Our office of building has been open and we've actually still been meeting with clients. We have these huge conference rooms Mm -hmm. that normally fit like 10, 12 people. And it's like fitting three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have all that worked out and and down. And um, we have people that come to us. We fly and go and see people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have some PPE that we'd use. I mean, it's just we keep doing what we're doing. Um, I'm not really stopping for, for a lot of this. Like I'm, I need to keep helping people because really mm-hmm. now, right now they need this type of service more than ever. And we've seen that with the workload that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also gained a lot of clients who want to do our managed services, which are not the in-person things. It's like the, after the in-person part. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen a lot of those people come back to us and say, okay, now I really need that managed service piece. Um, but with this, the in-person stuff is still happening. I just did a five week or I mean a five day session, a whole week session with someone who was leaving a franchise and starting their own business from, you know, similar to the franchise. Um, and they had to be out of it by April 30th. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And, and so we worked with them a few weeks before that happened because they had no, they, there was a deadline by the, you know, the legal deadline they had to follow. So we had to help them out. Nice. And I love that you just said, you know, you're not stopping, you're not slowing, because I think there's that temptation with a lot of business owners like, okay, well, everything is shut down. I'm done. You know, it's finished. Even online, even people who deliver services virtually, they assume that people aren't buying, that people aren't, you know, in need. There's nobody else selling. And I think that is a mistake because right now, even if you're just starting out, you can still be planting those seeds. So, what you're doing with Absolutely. them is definitely planting those seeds for the other side of this so that ex franchise yeah. owner is now going to have a business that he or she could, you know, now run because of the investment. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's awesome. And I love that you haven't like fully shut down too, because you know, you got to use whatever options are available to you no matter like where you are. Yeah. And, and we're here in Florida. So we mm-hmm. have, you know, been slowly opening up over the last week or so. And, um, but our, our office building houses, a lot of essential businesses and, um, you know, we were, we would tell people we'll do it virtually if you want to, it's whatever makes you comfortable. But if you want to come into the office, we're here, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're here for you. And they were like, please let me get out of the house. <laughs> yeah like, okay you bring your snacks you bring your drinks and we'll we'll sit down and have have fun for a day yeah cool so how did you get started um in, in your business I actually started making websites when I was 14 um and that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so I was building them in html in the notepad on your computer you know that kind of coding mm-hmm. um and then I I branched out into wordpress about seven years later and about four years ago, I started using Squarespace. So I'm, I have a web programming degree. So this is kind of second nature to me almost. That's, that's, that's awesome because I have 
almost similar identical story too. I started in high school around the same time, 20 years ago. And I don't know if you remember a service called like Angel Fire or GeoCities, where we made our like little free websites with the blinking text and the ugly little Mm -hmm. backgrounds. I did it. I admit that I made some horrible looking sites, but it was fun to take around with HTML. And yeah, and then I did the, I still do WordPress, you know, I, I dabble in Squarespace a little bit, but yeah, it is, it is fun to tinker. So a lot of times our careers come out of things that we dabbled in as hobbies. And I just find that so funny because I'm the, as, as of today, I was the only one with that story of just, you know, just tinkering as a teenager, just trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I make this JavaScript counter look like I had thousands of visitors to my site, something like that. Do you, um, do you remember Lissa explains it all? Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I use that. That's how I learned everything. I know. Like Lisa mm-hmm. taught me everything. Like, so yeah, that was, that was really the intro. And when I mm-hmm. told my parents, I was, um, this is, so I was 14. So, you know, when I was like 17, I was graduating high school and I told my parents like, I'm going to school for this. And they were like, mm-hmm. uh, we need, no, this is not a, like a job because it was mm-hmm. only, you know, 2001, 2002, like 2003, like that time frame. They're like, you don't know. We don't know. You know, this is not, we don't know if this is a good job. Like how, how would we know the internet's going to be around forever? And, um, I remember going to the library and getting one of those like job books mm-hmm. that have all the salaries in it. And like, they estimate what the salaries will be in like five, 10 years or whatever. And I'm like, look, programmer, you see that? Like that says, and I chose programming because I thought design wasn't, wasn't profitable enough. And, and, um, I did programming for so long that even when people would come to me when I first started my business and they would say, I need a logo. I was like, no, no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm a programmer. I don't, you know, I don't do that, you know? And so, um, I, I grew into that over time, but, um, it was definitely, uh, a, a little bit of a curve for me to kind of like get out of that programming mindset. Like I'm just a programmer. Don't ask me to design mm-hmm. your library logo. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It is a mindset. It's like not a mindset shift, but it is just a, a shift in thinking because programming, I'm a programmer at heart too. That's where I started out. I, I love it. I could do it all day long. And then we have to do something using your right brain. It's like, okay, well, I don't know if this looks good and I'm struggling, but yeah, that's, that's where the power of partnership comes in. Cause I have a design partner, so I can kind of design a little bit, but really my design partner is what does all the design, but it's fantastic that you offer design too, because that's what people are coming to you for. And that's what people need. You know? And do yeah. You have a- and it was one of those things that I was more creative. I was more creative as a kid mm-hmm. um, than, and I would do all these creative things, but then I thought programming was like, kind of like, well, I'm going to be a nurse because that's a good job. Like I thought, well, programming, that's a good job. You know, I, that's why I did programming to begin with. I have, so I hate science. I hate math. Like mm-hmm. it's all programming stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I'm almost a programmer by default. Um, so it, that's kind of, I'm like the opposite of that. Like I'm more of a designer, but then I got mm-hmm. into programming. So that I stuck with it. And then I went back to being a designer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that like you, you think you're one thing or you do one mm-hmm. thing because you think it'd be better. And then you end up doing the other thing you should have done anyway. So it always gets you in the end. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Cause now I'm going back to my left brain, which is marketing automation. So now yeah, I want to, yeah. I just want to geek out, but I, <laughs> I love, I love both. So that's, you know, I think that's just a really cool story too. And there's definitely profitability in anything that you enjoy. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, well, I like this thing, but I got to do this thing. And yeah, there's always um, something to be made out of what you love. 
And what are some of the things that you've done to make your business successful? Well, um, I've done a lot with um, networking, Mm -hmm. in-person networking, obviously before everything shut down and hopefully that will come back um, at some point. But that was what's really made my business. I I speak a lot and I do a ton of networking. I I still network about one or two times a week. Um, But for uh, for a while there, for a year, I committed to networking three times a day for a year. And I did that and I became one of the most well-known people in my city. Excuse me. But at the end of that, everyone knew me, but then they didn't really, they knew what I did, but I wasn't really getting the traction that I thought I would from it. So then I really just started embracing my brand more. And that Mm -hmm. was me with the green dress. I'm wearing green today. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have a tiara that I wear. And so then when I would go out and speak, um, because now I knew all the groups and I knew where to go to speak. And I was well known that they weren't like, oh, you're just fly by night person, come and speak at our group and then leave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then this would help me to like be remembered and recognized. So then when I would go out without my green dress or without my tiara, people would be like, where's the tiara? Where's the green dress? <laughs> so networking really helped in the beginning to get me known. And then that br- embracing that brand more really helped to solidify that and, and remember me, help me be remembered in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that embracing your brand. And I love just knowing what makes you stand out, what makes you identifiable. Because a lot of people come to me and they say, Kim, what is branding? And I, before I give you my answer, I would like to know from you, like if somebody were to come to you and say, you know, Elizabeth, you know, what do you, what do you mean by branding? Just what is that? What would you tell them? I would say that there's three pieces of it. There's your visual representation There's your verbal representation, which is usually like your mission, vision, things like that. And then there's that feeling Mm -hmm. that comes from your brand. So when people see my brand, I I have a certain feeling I want them to get from that or when they see any brand. Um, And it also has to go back, that goes into color, that goes into font choice, that goes into all these pieces um, that we do on our My Branding Day because I feel like all those are important. Um, And so it's really that visual representation is that logo. When I first see it, I'm like, gotcha, I know who you are. Um, That feeling I get from it and then that that message that's that um, written representation. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you talk about feeling because that's what I tell people too. It's like, yeah, your branding is just the your the impression you're leaving on other people. It's how you make them feel. So a lot of them confuse it with marketing, but marketing is not the same as branding. Marketing is just for a specific result, but branding is more overall. Branding is um, more organic and higher level. It takes a while to cultivate, you know? So I love that you gave, you broke it down into those three pieces. So I think a lot of people need to understand that you have to have all three in order to put it together. Yes. And some people think a brand is a logo and that's just, <laughs> it's such a small piece of it. Yeah. Um, and also I feel like it's your foundation. I mean, you're not going mm-hmm. to build a house with four, you know, sticks in the corner, you know, three sticks of the four in the corners. You're going to have four corners. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and if you take one away, then your house can maybe be a little wobbly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what this brand really does is you have these three pieces. And if you take one of those pieces away, or you take two of those pieces away and you just have this pretty logo, mm-hmm. um, it, what does that do for me? It doesn't speak to me in any other way than, oh, that's a pretty logo. Or maybe it's not very pretty because sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. Um, so, so this really does, you know, I feel like branding really does give you that solid foundation to build everything else on. That's why we do it the first day. And the second mm-hmm. day is the website 
website. Now we have those two pieces. Let's do 12 months of social media posts and put those in, you know, so we're building every, each one of those days builds on itself. Mm -hmm. And if someone says, I can only do three days, I can only do two days. I'm like, great. We're starting with branding and and website Mm -hmm. because we have to start there. We can't just jump around in the middle because then we wouldn't have a foundation to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also what a lot of people that come to me struggle with, with regards to branding is they don't know who they are for, you know? So I think that it's the the confusing part is they're not, they're, they're worried about, you know, the impression that they're giving, but at the same time, they don't even know who they're trying to impress. And I think that's very important to identify your ideal client. And I know that's what you do on day one is to talk about who they serve. You know? Yes. 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 Super and getting that, that um, ideal client down, getting that target market down. Those are huge pieces of that emotion because mm-hmm. we don't want to be, um, you know, selling to, you know, our, our goal is to sell to kids and teenagers or something like that. And we're like, you know, making it a little too adult or something like mm-hmm. that. You, know, you have to have this like, perfect line that says, here are the people and here's how I talk to them or how I present to them. Um, I've had people work with, um, you know, people who have really high, really high educated and have these crazy degrees that I could never even hope to get. Um, and it's like, they have to speak to them a certain way and they have to present to them a certain Mm -hmm. way so that it, it makes them take notice. You know, you're not going to say, um, that like, Carl's Jr. is the favorite or like mm. Hardy's is the favorite, you know, like that's not the type of brand for that type of group. Now, if you talk about Ruth's Chris, okay, now we're talking a little different. So mm-hmm. you've got this like different aspects of what each person is going to sit up and take notice of. Not that one is better than the other. It's just that you're for a certain group of people and you need to be really embracing that and, and, and really focusing on what they're going to feel, what they're going to think, what they're going to embrace along with you to say, I need to go there. I need to buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that is super important to just know that whatever lane that you're in, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're better than someone else or someone else right. is better than you because I get a lot of people who are comparing. They'll come to me with another business. It's like, oh, I want to do what she's doing. I'm like, well, she's doing X and you're doing Y. Yeah. So it's not really <laughs> going to, it's not really going to be the same. So if you do the same strategies, you're not going to yield the same results because you're two different businesses. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, really just uh, fleshing that out. Cause I think that's important to hear. And um, so what's some of the things you wish you have known when you started out? Um, office hours are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of my things I still struggle with. Um, recently, I've been doing really good with that. But I think it took a pandemic for me to like get it through my head that I needed mm-hmm. to do that. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely the office hours was a huge piece. And, and knowing, um, knowing that my time is still valuable <clears throat> on my end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having those office hours really does give you that precedent that says I have personal time, mm-hmm. you know, and I need to do things with that personal time that do not involve y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they involve me, my family, my laundry, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having it be, oh, well, that per- I'm waiting for that person to email me and I wait all night, like, keep checking, keep checking, keep checking. And then they email me at 10 PM. I really can't do anything about it till tomorrow anyway. Um, you know, so that kind of stuff. Um, and just, just also being, um, like being calm about that and not Mm -hmm. worrying about, I'm going to lose a client because if you lose a client or you don't book a client over 
you not being Johnny on the spot, like every five seconds, then they're not the right client for you Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, they're too demanding. They're not going to be happy with anything you do. And it's just going to, they're, if they're going to fire you over that and that's crazy. So, um, and most of the time, a lot of times we don't remember that our clients need us more than we need them. Mm-hmm. And this is a really hard piece to, to remember for me, especially is that I feel like I need the clients to make the income that we rely on as a family. However, my clients are hiring me because they're not, they don't know how to do this stuff. They're not ready to learn it. They don't want to learn it. They don't get it. I don't know, whatever the reason is. Um, and they want my expertise on it, but they also do need me as well. So remembering that that power dynamic is pretty even, but if you pull back and you're saying, okay, well, no, it's okay. Whatever you want. It's I'm just, okay. Then you're pulling that dynamic and giving them more power. Or if you're too aggressive and saying, okay, back off, you know, client, mm-hmm. I, I have things to do. You're not important. Then you're taking too much of the power. So there's, it uh, starts out even, mm-hmm. and then we pull and ebb and flow and, and we make decisions that we, you know, change the power dynamic. So I think if we remember, remember that there is a line and that we don't have to push it and we don't have to pull back on it, then we will have really good relationships with all of our clients. Yeah. And I love that you said that too about office hours, because even if you're just starting your business, you're still a business and businesses have business hours. And that's what I had to kind of remember too, even as when I was doing my business part-time, I was like, okay, well, these are my hours. I got to work later because I had a full-time job, but now I'm full-time and I still have, I still have hours because I think it's important to have boundaries. People will respect you if you have boundaries and you can, yeah. they get the best of you when you're doing well, you know, yeah. at 11, mm-hmm. 11 o'clock, I'm not so like chipper and I probably <laughs> won't help you with your, your questions. So, you know, I'll right. see the, I'll see the ping, but I won't answer it until the next day when, until I'm fresh. And right. that's just out of respect for that person and for, for myself. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's really good point to make too. So I know you have a lot of stuff going on and, you know, if anyone's listening, if you're watching, if you're in Florida, definitely check out Elizabeth because I'm excited about her service. You know, I want to check it out myself too. It's just nice to be present with somebody who's really working on your business and you're getting a lot done in a short amount of time. And I know that if you're not in Florida, there are ways to work with Elizabeth and there's ways to get some of her brilliance. And um, I just want to just talk about your free website audit. So what does that look like and how can the listeners get in on that? Yeah. So on my website, I have a um, tools page and an audits page. So the tools page has some um, really, really cool eBooks that I've written. If you ever want to check those out. And then the audits page is a free website audit. So if you sign up for that, it's mm-hmm. a pop-up on my website. There's also just a, a page that's those audits. Um, if you go to that page or you go to the pop-up, it'll actually ask you for a little bit of information, your name, your website, things like that. And I will send you a 10 minute video of me reviewing your website. And I, I do say I'm the Gordon Ramsay of websites. Um, I don't want to make you cry. I want to make you better. So, um, I will tear it up and I will be very direct about it, but it's so that you can really see what I'm seeing as a consumer and also as a marketer designer. Um, and I, I've torn up people's sites before and they've gotten a little mad, like, well, I built the site and it's beautiful. And I'm like, okay, well then you go like, that's Mm -hmm. your site. You go for it. But then I've had other people say, I, oh my gosh, I see that now. Like I didn't see it before. Now I totally see it. So, um, so it just depends on how you approach it, but I always give you the preface that, 
I am going to tear it up. I am going to be mean, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so that you can make it better and you can actually get more clients because of the changes you make. Yeah. And that is super valuable because you need people to really just tell it like it is because a lot of times things, people impress by things that are pretty, especially if you do it yourself. But you have to remember that your site's not for you. It's for the people coming to it. It's people for, it's it's for the people who are likely to buy from you. So it has to work for them. And I emphasize the word work because it has to be very clear, like what it is that you do and what do they do next? And And so, yeah, it has to be functional. (laughs) If it's just flashing all over the place, you may be impressed that you built something that's flashy, but it doesn't work. So yeah, definitely take advantage of that. I have the link in the show notes. And, um, you know, I just want to ask you just some, some quick questions about some of the things that you like. So you already mentioned Parkinson's law, which is super important. And I have to remember this too. I went to do on my to-do list that I'll wait to the last minute to do something because I, I give myself that time. But, you know, what, what's one book that you highly recommend? I had my life changed by a book a couple of years ago, and I don't think the books can change lives except the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, other books I'm like, okay, I used to read as a kid. It's, you know, reading right now is just too much. And I was in a business owner book club. So I was forced to read a book every mm-hmm. month and I was like, oh, fine, I'll read the book. And I, we read Profit First. Mm-hmm. It totally changed everything about my business. It made us more profitable than we've ever been. Um, it took our month to month, six figure income that we were basically living month to month off of and gave us such abundance. I can't even tell you like it's, and it was just a simple change that tells you to make. It's not simple. I mean, it sounds really simple, Mm -hmm. but it seems like I'm just changing that one thing and it's going to make all these different changes, like make all these changes for me. And it really is true. So profit first, I actually, now when people come to me and they say, I can't afford your services, Mm -hmm. I actually go to my cabinet. I pull out, I have 10 copies almost at all times, just sitting in my, my house, in my office and wherever I am in my car, I have copies in my car and Mm -hmm. I'll just go get them a book and say, here, come back in three months. You'll be, you'll be able to afford me then. And they do it. They do Mm -hmm. it because they know that once they see and they read it, they're like, oh my gosh, this does work. So it's hard to implement, but it's so worth it. It's so Mm -hmm. worth it. If I had done this like years ago, like before I, like when I started my business or even like 10 years ago, I would have been so rich. It's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it, you know, I have the audible version of it too. And it's, it's just hilarious the way he reads it. And he's like, no, do it right now. Open that bank account. So there's some things in there that I'm like, okay, you know, this is, is a lot, but it's definitely worth it. So yeah, I'll link to that. That's definitely a must read. I have to reread that one again. And what's one of your favorite technical resources or systems that you use in your business? I just found this one recently and it is like uh, my world is turned upside down by it. Um, I am really big on making sure that sites that I work with are compatible and compliant. Um, So I have worked a lot on working with ADA compliance and making sure your site is up to par on that because there are laws in place in in the U.S. that say you have to do these things. Mm -hmm. Well, privacy policies and terms and conditions were always very specific. You have to have knowledge of the business. You have to fill in certain things. And there were some templates I'd found where you could just get terms and conditions, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would always say to people, you must, these are placeholders. You must go and get the real thing from your lawyer. Some of my clients don't even have a lawyer, like they're not that in that space. And I found recently something called Termageddon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I, I signed up as an affiliate with them because I mean, I'm just like, I don't even care if you pay me a dollar. I like, I'll give this to everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's pretty much what they're doing. They're paying me a dollar. Um, so anyway, but they have this great tool where they actually have lawyers mm-hmm. that monitor and update your privacy policy for you all the time. Mm-hmm. And you pay 10 bucks a month and that's it. And you basically have this questionnaire you fill out when you initially start your, your account. And then they say, oh, fill out this questionnaire for your privacy policy. Here's some code, put it in your website. And now your privacy policy could be actually being updated right now. And mm-hmm. you have no idea, but you are in compliance all the time. Nice. Amazing. So yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to link to that too, because that's so important to have that, especially now with just, um, you know, GDPR and then now there's CCPA and there's just so many different rules governing the use of information, especially for the UK. And a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't think that they are liable for, for things. So it's just really about protecting your own business. And that's you know, for 10 bucks a month, that's 120 a year just to protect your business in that I way. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's that's... actually um, fines. I looked up some of the fines that you can get for not having certain things on your site. Mm-hmm. If someone does find that you're not in compliance, mm-hmm. they can fine you $7,500 per visitor. Mm. I was like, that's insane. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's a lot too. And it doesn't really matter what kind of site that you're running. You have to have a yeah. privacy policy. And then if you're selling stuff, there's also other terms and conditions that you need to have yeah. in terms of use just to protect your business. So yeah, definitely. That is a must have. I'll recommend that as well. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where can we find you online? beyondthecause.co is mm-hmm. my website. And I also have a website for the speaking engagements and coaching that I do. And it's elizabethcampalone.com. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'm going to link to all of that. Definitely check her out. You know, it is so nice to talk to a website peer because this is exciting. Um, just because, you know, we're both two different business owners working towards the same cause and I support you. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this interview and to speak with us um, here because it's a lot of useful information, a lot of things that we've learned today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and um, good luck with all of your stuff. And like you said, we're kind of sisters in a way because we just kind of have the same stories. And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that we're, we're kind of side by side doing this in like different areas and like different yeah. clients. But, you know, we have a lot of the same philosophy. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Like I said, definitely check her out. Get on that free website audit. That is a gift. 10 minutes to really get some insight from a pro on your business. People pay a lot of money for this. So if that is free, don't hesitate and do it. So, yes, thank you for your time. And thanks, everyone, for listening. So if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to like, share, and subscribe. Your support is appreciated. So stay tuned for the next episode of the Digital Thought Leader Podcast, and I'll see you soon. Bye.